my god, that's you? That's yeah. You? <laughs> I don't know what I was expecting. <laughs> I don't know what I was expecting, but you look way more hipster than I thought you would look. Yeah. <laughs> Do you get yeah, that? I, uh, not in this city, really. But uh, in like I work in the entertainment industry, so yeah, I I, I do get that sometimes. I guess. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, but I think you're adorable. I think <laughs> Thank that's you. Cute. I mean, I've been thinking about like what kind of information you can get from a person by looking at them, and I feel like you're giving me um, like you're definitely giving me like Portland, Oregon beardy vibes but then like knowing about your sexual proclivities like obviously I'm thinking like baby bear like bear cub um, and then and then you just have like a you have an uplifting kind face like you don't look like somebody that's that's capable of like holding really long grudges you'd be surprised about that Oh, yeah? <laughs> nah, I mean, not so much these days, I'd say, but <laughs> what are you getting what are you getting from me? Are you because I'll tell you what I'm giving myself as I look in this picture. i'm I'm giving myself like Mr. Roper from Three's Company. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I get like kind of Mary Tyler Moore show vibes from your outfit today. so i I think, yeah, I, I feel what you're. <laughs> <laughs> Um, what do you do in the entertainment industry? Um, I work for, it's like, honestly, it's like kind of hard to explain, but the short of it is I help produce like, like minor awards shows during award season, but it's kind of a bunch of other stuff too. Like I work basically for like a consultant who, makes it i guess just like entertainment marketing is the easiest way to say what it is yeah, <laughs> yeah. so like because you know what i'm thinking about i'm thinking about how like in the academy awards like the big ceremony they only show you like the categories that they deem you know big time but there's like a bunch of other things that are academy awarded right they do the governor's awards which are like the lifetime achievement awards and they did that a while they did that a, a little while ago i think that's the end of november although the strikes kind of screwed up everything yeah. with timing wise i will not screwed up i mean it was probably for the best <laughs> and then <laughs> um and then they also do science and tech awards and that's like a week before the oscars and then yeah. they just do the oscars yeah so they, they yeah they got like two other lesser shows that that's fancier than what i do but yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah that i mean that's interesting like i like to i like to think about the world of lesser awards yeah i <laughs> i have to think about it all all the time <laughs> because it's like it's like you know for regular people this might be their the pinnacle, the award pinnacle of their life, you know? And then if they're like a rowdy group, like maybe it's like way more fun. Like maybe they're like 
you know, they're doing their own little dance, their own little awards dance. I've only been doing this for a bit more than a year, but they're like super boozy. They're boozy shows. So yeah, people are, people are getting hammered and having a great time. And sometimes it's like, there's some like really fancy people who get an award and it's like, they're like, this is fucking small potatoes. Like, I don't, I don't give a shit about this. Or they're, they're nice. But, and then there are some people who are like, I don't know if I'm ever going to get a fucking award again. They're so into it. So yeah, it's, it's kind of wow. nice. I mean, it's, it's really the weirdest. I just have like weird job after weird job. So it's, it is what it is. Yeah. My, um, I mean, we, you know, are you from LA? I am. Yeah. Or from, okay. from the South Bay. My mom's from right by, right, right by LMU. So yeah. And my dad's from Van Nuys. He grew up there. Shut the fuck up. Your dad's from mm-hmm. Van Nuys? Totally. Yeah. He went to Grant High. Oh my he God. Went to LA Valley College until he transferred to Cal State Long Beach. Yep. Oh my God. So you know Van Nuys like intimately? I don't know about intimately, but I mean, I'm my dad lives in Woodland Hills now. I'm in the Valley all the time. Um, yeah. He, he, he certainly does. Yeah. I miss Van Nuys. I, I, I mean, actually like love it there. It's like a nice. Have you ever been to the bar Carlitos Way? Did you? Are you yeah. seeing that place? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, LA is like LA is so hilarious when it tries to do, especially the Valley when it tries to do like bar cultures from other cultures like the other one I'm thinking of and I can't remember the name of it but it was like a a like Irish pub or something Ooh, that was those. A, I don't know Ooh, it was like okay. on it was like on Fulton or Coldwater or something like that and it was just so weird because it looks like it looks like a shabby leprechaun on on skid row or something <laughs> <laughs> yeah i was i there are bars here that are like the most tricked out i've ever seen and there are bars here where you walk in and it is like you are in mexico it's just yeah very funny yeah <laughs> um do you have a is like I, this is a thing that I didn't really experience, but I can't imagine it makes sense. Like bar culture in a place where you have to drive everywhere. Like, I guess people take Ubers, right? Or yeah. And they, and they drunk drive <laughs> all the time. Drive. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Try not to do that, but uh, they're, they're doing it so much here. I, people who say otherwise are fucking lying yeah <laughs> like, i i mean yeah and, and not to mention the fact that everyone's stoned all the time yeah all the time <laughs> that and and like if it, if it's not an ashtray vape situation it's like a you know glove box full of gummies or something like that i mean yeah it's crazy it's it, it's so it's so decadent in its conscious healthy lifestyle sort of way you know I mean there of course of course it dips into the like perversely drunken and you know not not attempting to to show any sort of health or wellness but there is like this like the upper class drug addicts are 
are really a sight to be seen because it's like, it looks like gummies. It looks like Molly at parties. It looks like Coke, like when you've just got a lot of shit to do, pills. Yeah. Yeah. And they, you know, I think that it's like, I think there's just like so many LA people that are making a lot of money and taking a lot of drugs and absolutely convinced that it's all like necessary and motivating and leading to some sort of, you know, big break or, you know, it's what they have to do more or less, like is what they're thinking. I know so many people who are on ketamine almost every day now. That's yeah. So yeah, it, it's, yeah, it's, it's a, uh, <laughs> I'm not as a, I used to be pretty crazy. I'm not really at all anymore for, which is a good thing for me, <laughs> but um, it's out what? there. It's very close by. <laughs> I mean, this, this is okay. Like here's two questions I have. Like, Mm-hmm. Tell me about your drug history and then also like tell me about your drug history and how it dovetails with your sexual history. Yeah, okay. I'm <laughs> let me think about that. Drug history I've dabbled in almost everything, I guess. I'm trying to think of what I've I've never tried really hardcore hallucinogen. Like I've never done like ibogaine or ayahuasca. I have friends who like done ayahuasca ceremonies i've never done that kind of stuff mm-hmm. um i only smoked crystal meth like a like a, just like twice which has made me feel really gross <laughs> not not my thing but that's a really especially with with just the, the i can i can't speak for all the gays the gays in la they love it so much they love crystal meth I mean, uh, your, your Hobart story about, the, I mean, obvi- okay, so the, part of the reason I'm asking you about this is because you have written openly about, like, gay sex oh. mixed with meth and, like, the, yeah, and the randomness of that encounter and the weirdness of that encounter and kind of, like, the, like, yuckiness of it, too. Yeah, that and that story, going by Josh Sherman's autobiographical fiction versus autofiction metric or whatever that's closer to autofiction that that pretty much happened as i described it in uh-huh. fact it was pro- it was probably ickier in real life and that whole story if people want to read this it's on hobart there's three stories about me being a fucking moron on hobart that so shout out to it was really miss unity the hobart editor who kind of was just amazing to me. And then for the last one I wrote, it was Elizabeth Ellen, who I guess I had sent her two stories and they got placed elsewhere. And she was like, wait, what the fuck is, what's going, what's your fucking deal? And I was like, uh, and then she had me like, it was the first time I was like solicited for work and it felt amazing to feel that way. Wow. And uh, yeah, she got me to write about my last job, which I had kind of talked about with Josh a little bit. Um, I worked for, I signed an NDA. So I, I actually, I can, when we're not recording later, I can tell you way more if you want. But you, um, I read that story too. It's like a country yeah. guy, right? Yeah. I it's can't a, wait. Uh, I can't. Is, is, is it someone that I'll know? I think so. Um, he's, he's on the older side. A lot of people, I'm 29. 
most of my friends had no fucking clue who this guy was. He is really old, but my dad was like, what the fuck is going on here? Like he knew exactly like anyone above the age of like 35 chances are knows who this guy is from some random they reference I'm him in the Simpsons way a couple above, times. Way above the age of 35. <laughs> I'll I'll tell I'll I'll tell you after just because I Okay. I it's probably not they're probably not gonna come after me and he's gonna die I, any day. Okay. But, well I, I will I mean it's almost like I'm almost like flattered that you think that this show would make enough noise to get you <laughs> in trouble with your NGA. Oh I mean, hey, I just I just don't wanna he's got this guy's litigious like he is okay, fucking okay. he's a creep i don't i just don't yeah. want to ruffle i'm not that afraid of it but i just don't want to have it like recorded out there until he's until he's dead and then but i'll just got, be like you got up close <laughs> to like nasty um what's the way i want to put this like nasty past their prime celebrity and like far right evangelical Christian celebrity, which is like not a big current in Hollywood, but it's like James James Woods adjacent, like, like Mel Gibson adjacent, friend of Mel, friend of of James. So Wait, it's <laughs> Jew hater, Jew hater, Jew hater, and I would like pretend to like or not. I wouldn't. I mean, basically, I would be like not ah, Jew hater. He's like a guy who is really like he loves Israel because he thinks it's a sign of the apocalypse coming and he'll be raptured yeah, yeah. and go to heaven. Like that so so Jew hater, I get I guess so. Yeah, it's hard to friends with many Jew haters, friends with supposedly Netanyahu. So I'll I'll tell you more later, I guess. Oh my but, god. Yeah, but anybody yeah. who would like tell you that they were friends with Netanyahu is not really friends with Netanyahu. Yeah. Like my uh, yeah, guess is, yeah. like, he took a picture with Netanyahu, you know? They, he had some letters from him too though. So I was letters. Like, yeah, but, <laughs> but yeah, I think they're not like they're not talking on the phone all the time, but they met I, a couple I, times. Yeah, <laughs> I, I mean, I guess Netanyahu is like a past their prime celebrity in his own way. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and really, I guess, like, if you're feeling like like your star is falling, like anybody who seems to get like a contact high off being friends with you, you're gonna like you're gonna support and nurture that relationship. So now, yeah, I can see the letters. I can see the letters. Did, yes, did he know that you were a Jew? I think eventually it got so weird that I just was like, <laughs> I just planted the seed that ever, I basically went in being like, I have tattoo, like I have a face tattoo. I was like, I'm uh -huh. just gonna keep my, I had a horrible job before this where I was doing, I was captioning live television so i was sitting which is one of my other stories has been so i was i was sitting in a little cave and like watching bloomberg marketplace for hours and doing live transcription of it for and it was it was during covid so it was nice to have a job like that during covid but it was so horrible also and paid pretty much just like a dollar above minimum wage for six months and then i got a tiny promotion but it was horrible pay and they tried to unionize before and they shut down a whole office. So it was like a whole oh thing. God. And my stepdad is like a pretty fancy entertainment lawyer. And I don't, I don't really like, not super close with him, but um, he was, 
like there's an internal job posting at my at my firm they need a they need a a, a millennial to help this old man <laughs> I, was like, <laughs> I was like does it pay better than what i'm making he's like it almost definitely and it it did it wasn't the best ever but i was yeah. i made almost double immediately what i was making before and so i took this job and i was like okay i didn't i didn't know this guy's back. I really wasn't familiar with this guy's work at all. And I didn't really know what to expect. And I literally had to interview five times, which I thought was psycho. (laughs) I got this. I got this job. And I was like, okay, I'm immediately knew that I was so out of place. I just kept my head down. I didn't, I didn't tell them that I was, you know, Jewish or, or half gay or I just Mm -hmm. like, (laughs) eventually it got so weird that I had to kind of like let out some Jew hints and be like yeah and I told there was like one woman who was really the secretary for the office Mm -hmm. and I kind of told her that I was Jewish because there was just so much weird stuff going on and Mm -hmm. she's like well why don't you tell the boss man he he love he's such a friend of the Jews and like I like and uh, she told him, and honestly, it like kind of helped for a while because I think, yeah, his, I think his manager was like, "You guys got to say less weird stuff, or you're gonna get yeah. fucking sued." And so, um, yeah, <laughs> just and then when I found another job, I fucking ran as fast as I could. <laughs> oh my god, that is <laughs> yeah. that is wild, and also like. <laughs> Yeah, I'm thinking about I'm thinking about somebody that's like so um unable to see what an anti-Semite they are that like yeah, hearing <laughs> that you're a Jew, they're probably like, Oh, hello, child of Israel. Like, <laughs> like, you know, like literally. <laughs> literally. Your, yeah. your people are beautiful. you they have rich traditions. <laughs> and they're always like he was like, "Oh, so that explains the beard, huh?" It was like, "Oh my, <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> love it, love that." <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh my god, that's so funny. But you know what you're describing? Like this, this is so much how I know LA. Like this is so close to my personal experience, where you're like you cannot avoid being celebrity adjacent or industry adjacent or it's very difficult. I mean, even if you own like a donut shop in Van Nuys, like at some point, like Cuba Gooding Jr. is going to get a donut there, you know? So it's like that you don't get to actually live outside of the industry, no matter how far outside you think you are but what you're talking about and like the opportunities that it gives you and the like weird like the weird kind of pyramid scheme of it all where you're like rungs below the highest rung and you're with people who are like milking that system and have been maybe for generations like entertainment law firms like those things go back to grandpa at this point and everybody's got their stories and everybody's got their Rolexes and everybody's got their like, you know, dry cleaners with the wall filled with like pictures of Telly Savalas or whatever. 
I mean, it's all so weird. It's just such a weird way to grow up. And my, and I, I was also think I was also thinking about my cousin who used to be like a um, camera guy for TMZ for a hot ooh. minute. He lives in the valley. <laughs> I don't really talk to him. I I feel <laughs> like actually this might be time. It might be time to reach out. Um, you would probably like him, but yeah, he used to tell me about like how he would get celebrities to react to him as a TMZ uh, uh, paparazzi guy. And he would just like ask them really random history questions and science questions like about, you know, like what's the, what's the like scientific element for gold, you know, like he would ask Kim <laughs> Kardashian that and she would turn and look at him and kind of like react to him, which I thought was really smart. That is interesting. I haven't heard that. That's, that's, that's funny. <laughs> Um, can you see yourself ever leaving LA? Do you want to leave LA? Uh, I mean, it's, it's like, yeah, that's tough. I, I went to school in Ohio, so I have lived outside of LA. I also lived when I was, when I was 18, I was so depressed and just so fucked. And I ended up deferring college a year and doing mental health bullshit for like a whole year and then after that i ended up getting an internship at a literary agency in new york city where i just read the slush pile so i spent the summer in new york and it was probably the happiest summer that i ever had in my life so it sucks to be like new york to la but like i could live there there's other pl i thought about living in portland oregon after school because it's just so much cheaper than los angeles it's and everyone it's expensive i mean it's going up in price there still but it's yeah. still so much cheaper than here and it's a yeah i think i could um i don't think that i i guess i'm not sure yet um i don't know I, it's home here i do actually love it here as weird as it is here but what what neighborhood do you live in I live in East Hollywood, which I think is, I, I love it here. I, it's such a nice spot. Like, it's kind of, I live in what's considered little Armenia, but all the Armenians oh, yeah. don't live here. They all moved to Glendale. Like, they all were like, the neighborhood sucks now. <laughs> and so it's kind of Thai town. It's a oh, lot of, yeah. mm -hmm, it's that, that book, what is, what's it called? How to get into two palms. Do you know that novel? Have you heard of that? No, oh, I can't. It's like a, it's a novel that's like a $2 radio novel that was written about like the immediate area I live in, which I think is kind of interesting. Oh, it's like a cool. lot of, yeah, it's a lot of, a lot of Poles and Russians replace the Armenians for some reason. So there's like Poles, Russians, um, some Armenians, but they're mostly Gons, uh, Thais, Filipinos, and a lot of people from Central America. So it's just a, it's a funky it's a, it's an awesome neighborhood. It's such a great spot to live. I used to live in Boyle Heights where I was like, I lived in, we were, we were truly gentrifying in a way that I, I'm definitely gentrifying here in, uh, in a sense, but like the way we were doing it there, I was like, this is fucked. I don't think this is good. <laughs> like we were the only white people for probably like a five block radius. And I was like, eh, I don't know. Um,
and it was just, really awesome. you, just just you just you and and your girlfriend me, it was me my housemate and then my girlfriend moved in with us yeah so just the three of us yeah it was i mean i think if you're only three white people in a non-white neighborhood you cannot like i don't think you're doing that well at gentrifying yeah we definitely weren't you know i don't think you have to carry guilt on that one no it wasn't really guilt it was more like Oh, it kind of sucks living here. <laughs> like it was just like everyone, our neighbors all hated us. It was the okay, least walkable okay. place I lived. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I wasn't really that guilty about it, but I was like, "Oh, we are not welcome here," and I, I get it. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's yeah, that's okay. So it's the threat that you represent. I see. I think so. Yeah, uh-huh. <laughs> and that was I lived there for it was. I lived in, on the outside, it looked like the most depressing building ever. And when we moved in there, the the broker was like, yeah, this building used to be in Burbank. And then in the 1940s, they split it in half and they moved it over here on a truck. And I was like, like, don't tell us that probably. um, Or like earthquake code. (laughs) You don't, you don't want to think you're building like rolling around on a truck <laughs> but on the inside it was really nice like they'd re- and it was really was the biggest place i've lived in here by a ton and my housemate and my girlfriend were not getting on super well so uh last summer we moved to east hollywood which i had when i when i finished school this is where i lived i lived around here for a while, for a couple years, in two different spots, and I was like, "Let's go back there. It's it's nice. We can walk to restaurants." Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, being able to walk anywhere in LA is like a real treasure. I walk and- all the time. I take the train. I yeah, which people are like, "You fucking freak!" And I was like, "It seems pretty normal where I'm at," but I don't know. Yeah, if you can make it work for you, why would you get in your car? I have to drive to work every day, but or not, every, but I, I go hybrid some days, but everything else I try to drive as little as I can. Yeah. Um, I realized that we got carried away into like very, very inside baseball, <laughs> yeah. LA, no. which is my fault. It's my fault. Uh, no, it's or, okay. no one's fault. You, what the fuck <laughs> are you saying? Like, who is the sport? I don't, you should like anyone should be, this is premium content. <laughs> and, and I make no apologies. I take my apologies back. But um, but I, di- I did want to get back to your your crippling depression at 18. Yeah. yeah. I mean, and and we and still to continue with uh with the the drug history if you're if you're up for it. I don't I don't really actually know if if this makes sense. I, I don't know. I just I guess I relate to you as a writer as within the fact that we both seem to write about like uh, the like disappointment of sex and drugs. Yeah, that that really hits home. (laughs) Yeah, when you say drug history, it's like 
I'm really like, I'm a dab, I'm like a pro, I'm like a drug dilettante. Like I'm like a pro dabbler. I, I had a mild Coke addiction for like a, for a while. But beyond that, I've tried them all. Nothing really, I, I, I love marijuana. I mean, I smoke so much marijuana, which is just kind of the MO in this city, but. To this day. Yes. <laughs> when did you, okay. I mean, when did you start smoking? Cause, cause I, I think this is also something that's really specific to growing up in LA. Like people think it's wild when I tell them that I started smoking weed when I was 12. Yeah. 15 for me. I wasn't, I wasn't that cool, but I don't know. If cool's work. <laughs> but no, yeah, that's, that's yeah. pretty real. That's, that's pretty real. Like I, I, there are a lot of eighth graders smoking weed in California for for real. I, I waited till ninth grade. For some reason, I was like, I don't even know why I had, I was like, me and my like good buddy were like, we're not going to fucking do drugs ever. Like, fuck drugs when we were in middle school. And then in eighth grade, my friend got an Adderall prescription. And we were like, you know, yeah, why don't we try railing this Adderall actually just to, you know, to give it, let's just test it out. And then uh -huh. it was downhill from there. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it is really confusing if you get it through like prescription means as a kid. That's a that's quite a mixed message to send about drugs. And and by the way, like I have no judgment about the the drugs that people do or don't do. And and in in the only thing that like consumes me momentarily is like being judged for my own drug use because I put it in my writing and as hopefully I get more popular and like different parts of my life, like join up more people will know that I am the one smoking the weed and yeah, how will that no. affect, like how will that affect me at like kids school pickup per chance, you know, is, is it is so in Berlin, is it really like I, the people I know who have gone to Berlin, they're like, there's so much drug use. And like, is it, do people care? Or is there a big stigma? Like, I don't, what's it? I think that depends on the circle you're in. I think that, that there's a very uh, um, permissive uh, culture around like people who don't have families doing a lot of drugs yeah, and I feel like most Germans would be like, well, I had my my wild time, my rumspringa, like back <laughs> in the, you know, in my 20s and into and into early 30s, because it's very normal for Germans to not finish their bachelor until they're in their 30s. Okay, they, interesting. It, it goes really slow for them. Like you can be in school for a very long time here. Um, and and then not really start your, you know, your career and family portion of your life until you're in your early 30s, I would say. So, but once you are in that phase, I think that a lot of Germans look down upon it. Um, you know, I think that, I think that like parenting styles here are pretty, like it's like, when I think about the uh, the kind of 
standard educated white German couple with kids. I think about a family who like doesn't let their kids watch TV. Oh uh, man. Okay. Doesn't, doesn't <laughs> let them have sugar. Doesn't let them, uh, you know, like doesn't let them have a day where they stay inside all day because like, it's so important to go outside and have a walk, you know, like this sort of, <laughs> Um. Yeah, and that, that and is different those, than that's different than me <laughs> growing up. Yeah, I understand. Okay, <laughs> but alcohol is very uh, acceptable up to a point, and more acceptable to it's much more acceptable to drink in a family setting. Um. So to bring your kids to a beer garden is like no big deal, and like the beer gardens have okay. like sandboxes with toys in them. <laughs> So that you can sit at your long picnic table with your friends and like drink giant, you know, like liter gulps of beer uh, and and like your kids are playing, you know, but and then and then a lot of smoking because Europeans smoke, I think, a lot more than Americans. And that and that is something that I've. I've sort of stopped, like, I don't judge it in the same way that I used to or see the same, I don't know. It just seems like, it seems like that's a, that's an acceptable vice, even if you're a parent. And, okay, and then I, but I, I think there are like lots of parents that are smoking weed. And I think there are, I know families that are like international um, and they're doing like polyamory and they're doing, uh, you know, they're still going clubbing and having the babysitter watch the kids and there's drugs involved. And like, you know, they, you know, they're, they're buying weed and smoking weed regularly and, and their life is, is sort of a continuation more of that partying time. But I think it's not something that you can be like open about. Yeah, that makes sense. Okay. Yeah. That's that's interesting. Okay. But yeah. do you think LA parents are open about smoking weed? Maybe they weren't when I was growing up, but they they are now, yeah. They very much so. I, I just legalization, people were like, it's the same as before. It's not. It it, it made it way more open and yeah, totally like there's parents taking edibles it's i mean yeah, i'm not judging i yeah <laughs> yeah 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 no i know i, uh, <laughs> I <didn't> yeah. know. <laughs> do you think your parents smoked weed or did drugs and you no. my dad is like such a nerd he took like he might have smoked weed once when or like twice when he was growing up but as far as I'm aware, he did not become a regular cannabis user until a couple of years ago. Like, which I'm and, like, yeah. And now and he, my, he takes gummies. He, he, I don't, he was like, he thinks smoking is gross. Um, he got so mad. I got in trouble like a bunch of times in high school for smoking weed. And then when I turned 18, he's like, you know, I don't care anymore. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, and then now he's like, now I just like smoke weed in his backyard. He's like, oh yeah, he likes it. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't, so he and then my mom is like, 
she's so type a like i don't um they they split when i was in first grade but she <laughs> she's like a fancy wine person and she her her husband smokes weed sometimes but it's like it it seems almost no offensive like very performative like very like oh now i'm in my golden years i can i can listen to to american beauty and smoke a fatty and, <laughs> and i'm not complaining because they moved to Oregon. They live in Medford, Oregon, which is a oh, super yeah. weird, super weird place. I've been there. I would never have gone there if they hadn't moved up there. And um, they are kind of, they have so many friends here and they don't have a lot of friends there. And they like became friends with a jolly like Delta eight trafficker, like right away, like really fast. So now, now my stepdad sends me like Mason jars full of weed. And I was like, thank you. This is, Literally, I've known him for years. I was like, this is the nicest thing you've ever done for me in my entire life. Thank you. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Well. Like, when you think about your mom describing you to people who haven't met you before, like, she's she's having, like, chit-chat dinner conversation about you. Like, can you imagine how she describes you? What like, exactly. Oh, yeah. Like, he's cool. He's an artist. He writes like, like literally, like, <laughs> yeah, I, I, and what she's, yeah, you know, I, I've had, I love my mom. I've had, I've had problems with her <laughs> in the past, but as I've got, I think the problems that I had with her were, she wanted more of a buddy than a fucking child. Which mm -hmm. I, if I was a parent, I think I mean I get it. I get it. that makes sense to me. And there are times where I wish she was there for me in a way that she wasn't, but there were yeah. times where she was absolutely amazing. So it just, it is what it is. Like I take her for what she is and uh, she's very supportive of me. She, the like gayer, she doesn't know that I've like sucked a bunch of dicks, which is good. Cause she's just, I don't know. It's like, <sighs> my brother, my brother knows that he's the only one that my dad might not have might know too. Cause I like, did such sketchy shit in like his one bedroom apartment. So he, he probably, <laughs> He probably has some idea. Like, he would, like, take sleeping pills and knock himself out. And I would do bad stuff in the living room. Like, really, I'm not... Like, when I was, like, 19... I know. I, I yeah. read your story. I read your story. <laughs> yeah. You brought random dudes back to the apartment. It, it was real. It was a one-bedroom apartment. In, in, and I slept on his couch. And it, it happened pretty... So he... I, I honestly... He's so kind of... I love my dad. But he's kind of in his own world a bit, and maybe he knows, maybe he doesn't. Don't ask, don't tell with him. It's fine with me. With my mom, she's so fucking weird about some stuff. Like she, she's had she introduced me to the first gay people I ever met. Like she's a mm -hmm. she wanted she's a failed actress. She knew so many. She's like she's always like I knew so many people who died of AIDS. Like and she's like yeah, <laughs> like yeah, <laughs> and um. But there's some about her that I'm like, like she's like, so weird about stuff. Like know. I'm not bragging, but I knew a lot of people <laughs> who died. <laughs> exactly, like that's the exactly. So I'm just like I don't. And then my brother is like really, really on the spectrum. Works mm. for the C. Works for the CDC. Like has the weirdest. Oh. Yeah, like just a such an unbelievably different path than me. Um we're not the close sometimes like 
we've had a lot of issues with each other. He literally said to my mom like two years ago, he's like, what the fuck is it with all his tattoos? Like you didn't raise him right. Like she, he literally said that to her. And I was like, and she told me this. And I was like, oh, fuck. But, but he's the one that knows that you're you're a you're a bone smoker. Because in some ways he's he's so judgmental about some stuff, but that he's not judgmental about it at all. Which, and yeah. for a long time, I thought he was gay, which oh, apparently yeah. he says he's not. My mom says he's not. Jerry's out. I believe you. <laughs> I trust you. We'll see. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So. So you. So you just keep it from them and they just think of you as like a like a, a hipster ish guy with a, like like certainly not, you know, masculine in a tough guy way. But <laughs> yeah, I, guess, I mean, but my dad just doesn't even think about this stuff at all, yeah. I think. And did, they, just like, did they have they your, your mom is married and your dad is not your he's, dad. He's is, mar- no, he, he got okay. married a couple of years. Yeah, they're both remarried ah, okay. now. So there's yeah. me. he no longer lives in a one bedroom. No, now he lives in a house in Woodland Hills, which is okay. His my stepmom is really nice. Like she's a really well, that's special. Good. Yeah, she's a special ed teacher in LAUSD. She's such a nice woman. Like I think mm-hmm. my dad was like depressed for years, and she has really kind of changed his life. And they they seem really happy and cute. So wow. actually, yeah. I mean, that's beautiful. Yeah, like, those stories make me the most happy. Like, people finding each other in their 50s and 60s. Like, life is long. And now we have so many iterations. And I don't think things last. I don't think most people have relationships that last decades and decades. I think you you tend to have, like now the model is more like five or six years and then switch you know yeah but then when you get up into your 50s and 60s I think that's when you're looking for like like I feel like you're you know you meet someone and you're like you know eating chips and guac uh at El Pollo Loco or something you're like I want to die with you you're the one I want to take you to the grave baby (laughs) I, I think both sets of my parents are in it for the long haul. Yeah, like I, of course, I, because when you're on the decline, <laughs> you can't get. You need you need stability. You need <laughs> you know you need like the questions you're asking yourself are very different at that point than they were when you were like in your 30s and like ooh just bubbly and itching to try it all. Now you're like, can I stand this person's smell? Will they do like the chores that I really need them to do? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's it. You know, I think it's like I, you know, and 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 do they? You know, it's like, can you stand them? I think is basically, you know, but maybe not. Maybe there is like a love. Maybe maybe what your parents have now is a true and deep love. I mean, how would I know? I don't know. I don't know shit about this anymore. I feel like completely removed from this <laughs> aspect of life. It's it's hard for me. Like I think my dad and my stepmom really are like it's true companionship. 
my mom and my stepdad, I'm like, what the fuck do you guys talk about? I don't know what the, so I don't, I don't know. He, he loves football. My mom hates football. Okay. So that's, that's just like (laughs) a, we live alone together. Okay. Yeah. I don't don't know. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. Um, so why don't you tell them that you're, you're, you're half gay as you say? Um, Just my dad is just, we just don't have any conversations that are like that period. We just, he's just an awkward man. And it's fine. He's just, my mom, like, who, my mom and my dad barely talk. They mm-hmm. hate each other. Yeah. And my mom is always, like, very belittlingly, but she's on the right track when she says this stuff. He's like, your dad is so simple. Like, your dad is like, <laughs> and so he's just like, I don't know. He just doesn't seem, I think if I brought a man home to him, he would be really, like, He'd be weird for like maybe 30 seconds and then be really nice about it. My yes. mom though. No. Yeah, no, she she just is so she's the most fucking judgmental person that I've like ever met in my life. <laughs> so I I don't know. I think did that's you, what kind of keeps me from it. But yeah. How do you know she's judgmental? Like, did you hear her talk shit about everybody? she is she just yeah it's just, it's like ingrained like it fucking broke me a little bit like she's so mean about everyone like and, and she's a I, it's weird it's like she's a nice person i think it's like a reflex i don't know where it comes from but like oh my just scathing stuff about everyone she comes across seemingly and i'm like and she's got she's mellowed out for sure okay but i'm like fuck <laughs> I mean, I, I guess like it, my dad was like that. My dad was like that. And he was like very two faced about it too, which made it really even worse because we would like go to like a family function with like extended family and he would be nice to their face. (laughs) And then we would get in the car and he would be like, Rita's really put on the pounds, you know, and just like (laughs) go through each person and, you know, talk about, uh, how crazy they were I mean my family is crazy so it, I, I agree uh, to some extent but yeah but but he was also like he held himself to that type a standard like I don't know about your mom but like I think there's like I think those people have like the fear of fucking god in them that if they slip you know no one will love them and and so their judgment comes somehow from that it's like i'm not letting myself go so why is this fucking you know asshole acting this way you know her side of her family is so awful like i it's it's, at least like that's maybe a too easy of an answer but just she's from jacksonville florida the family is like her the most tolerable of all her siblings is my schizophrenic uncle Cameron, who is so fucking far gone. He's living on the street right now. He's not doing well at all. I love the man, but he is the most like he's the best of the bunch. Like the rest yeah. of them are are such assholes, and her parents were such assholes. And so I, it just is what it is. Like I'm kind of 
when I was younger, I was really like, fuck, she's like awful to me. And sometimes she really was. Yeah. But as I get older, I'm like, she got, she had a heart, like <laughs> her hand was tough. Like she had problems herself. Like she did remarkably yeah. well for where she came from and what was up with that. <laughs> she got out, right? She got out. She got Jacksonville. One of two. Everyone else is still. She's one of. She's one of six siblings. Her older, her eldest brother died when he was twenty, and she was like eight. In a oh my, it's the most dramatic, like almost pseudo Southern Gothic family that like. My grandfather was a. He was a naval psychiatrist, and then he left the military, and he. He went into private practice in Florida and he left my grandmother for a patient. And he, the story goes that he was breaking this news to my, my, he would have been my uncle David. He died in the 1960s, probably the late. And um, he told him this. And then that night he went to a party and he fucking drove himself off. He got drunk and drove himself off the road and died. And my grandmother who she's dead now, she had like a shrine to him. Like one wall of her house was always just pictures of him. Oh my God. And so they split up and my grandfather re-enlisted in the military. And my mom spent two years in high school in, at an American school in Yokohama. And eventually they, that's how my mom ended up in SoCal was because of military. Cause she was living with her dad and then her stepmom killed herself. When she was college, yeah, it's like the, the family. The patient, the patient that he married. Yep. Well. Yeah. Just, yeah. It's really, it's fucked. It's so sad and just really weird. And she. That, how do you marry your patient? I mean, I'm sure it happens, <laughs> but like. I think it was easier <laughs> in like the early '60s than it is now. <laughs> I don't. Yeah, I just he was not a good guy he was a fucked up guy and i what's funny is i have he died when i was like six and i have a lot of memories of him still and he was i always felt he was like kind of gregarious and kind of warm and my mom is always like no your memories are wrong he did not give a shit about you he was trying so little i was like well okay (laughs) i don't know maybe he just bonded with you i mean i I trust your side again I I, re- I have I have warm memories of him. He was in poor health, and he would read me stories, and we'd watch movies. And yeah. I went to see him when he was like literally on his like in the VA hospital in Tampa, Florida, when he was like dying. I was like seven years old, Aww. and I re- yeah. So I I as a like seven year old was like I would like to go see Grandpa before he dies. My brother did not come. I don't know if he cared or if he didn't be understood so th- i think there was a reason i wanted to do that but my yeah. mom was always like he, my mom was always like he was pretending i was like what why are you telling me this but i she i think she hates him or is really why but it, you know yeah. it's okay <laughs> um wh- when did you like did you always have this knowledge of yourself as being attracted to men Probably, I mean, SoCal High School is the most, like, st- even, like, a relatively affluent 
supposedly enlightened. Like I went to public school in like what is now such a fancy town, Manhattan Beach. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a, a, a few of the beach cities feed into it, and now it's like mini Orange County. And since Trump, they don't give a shit. Like they're like they're like fuck it, we're gonna be just openly oh, hostile yeah. to everyone. Yeah. yeah. But, you know, back then there was a pretense that they that this was a, a good school and enlightened and yeah. it was the most home of I had an idea of what I was interested in, but I was not open about it until my freshman year of college. <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah, I I think probably some pretty early on and I I I did wrestling. Like <laughs> Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And my joke is like half the wrestlers became similar to me like weird artsy kids and the other half like went into the army (laughs) (laughs) yeah so (laughs) yeah yeah well i i mean i feel like because of the age you are and because of the the way the like the culture is accepting like i feel like your mom and your your doobie smoking stepdad i feel like they would be like you want to know something even cooler about zach <laughs> sometimes <laughs> my <sucks> dick <laughs> <laughs> my stepdad my girlfriend too. Is, yeah <laughs> my, my stepsister is a lesbian so i think he my stepdad being super he seems very normal about it like he yeah. just I mean, his, my, my stepsister is really, she's like a really big personality. And I think he just is kind of afraid of her and doesn't want to piss her off. Um, But he seems really accepting about that. So honestly, you might be right about that, but she doesn't live here anymore. It's just like, I'm not going to call her. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, okay. It's like, you're not, you're not, they're not part of that part of your life (laughs) and they don't need to be. If she asked, I'd be honest with her. Yeah. But and and I share a lot of the stuff I write, but like I'm like, I was not like, yo, mom, read this like fucking meth orgy story, please. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> and then my dad doesn't read anything I write. He is dyslexic and he's like overcome it for the most part, but he just <laughs> is indifferent. And I'm honestly like, oh yeah me. <laughs> no, no, no. i mean it, that sounds like a free pass to me i'm like that's <laughs> don't don't give him lessons don't put him in counseling for the dyslexia <laughs> yeah <laughs> don't encourage growth is what i'm saying <laughs> um yeah so so uh, but they've dealt with the thing is though is that if they've dealt with you uh i mean i don't know how much either of them dealt with you but like it sounds like you've been tr- like some a child that they've worried about a lot and so i feel For like sure. yeah what the relationship that parents have to those children it's always like more fraught to hear any sort of declaration from them. It's like, Oh no, what is that going to mean? Yeah. For their mental health, like, is this going to lead to another breakdown? Is them telling me they're bisexual actually like a manic breakdown, like that sort of thing. I've been stable (laughs) enough for a while that I think they would take me seriously, but that is for sure part of this equation. Like that, like I really was, like I know there was a time when there it was going to be like 
what fucking else is gonna ha-? like mm-hmm. when I was in high school when I was in high school I that was when I really like what's crazy is I like have known that there was something really off with me and my official diagnosis is bipolar one um but I don't I don't know if that's actually accurate to be honest I've been off oh man guess I'm getting, I'm getting real I'm getting real on the pod I went yeah. off meds like three years ago and it made my life so much better <laughs> like I just I don't I don't know it's it's kind of been a long journey but when I was like um, 15 oh go ahead I'm sorry <laughs> no, no 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 you keep going you keep going when I was like 50 or I guess when I was 16 I was basically what clinically would be called psychotically depressed Wow. Like I'd have hallucinations and I ended up getting locked up in UCLA's kids war in an, in an eating disorder ward. I didn't have an eating disorder, but there was like there were the kids, the main kids ward was full. So they had to put me in the eating disorder ward. I was like one of two people without an eating disorder of like 10 people. And I lived there for a month when I was a junior in high school and it fucked shit up. And they put me on a cocktail that gave me something called Stevens Johnson syndrome. And so my liver went into failure and all my, all my skin turned purple and fell off and all my hair fell out. And I almost, they said that my dad later said, they said you had a 30% shot of dying. And I just missed so much of my junior year. And that's when you really learn which teachers are cool and which are not. (laughs) Um, uh, And so I just like almost died and my shit was fucked up. And then I was still so depressed. <laughs> like I was just like, fuck, I went through all this. And then when I was, so instead of going to college, I went to college for like five days. I went to Oberlin college in Ohio and I went for like five days. And I said to my mom, I was like, I don't think I'm going to be able to do this. Like I am non-functional. Yeah. I'm not going to, like, I'm not going to leave my room ever. So she took me home. And I did yeah. shock therapy for a year when I was 19 years old. And I was like, yeah, like, <laughs> it was not good. I don't want to do that again. Oh, and, my God. Wait. Yeah. Let, can, I just want to, like, get this a little straighter in my head. So your depression was so bad that they basically found you like an emergency spot in this uh eating disorder ward right exactly i got institutionalized but Uh because there were they were full in the main teen ward the spot in the resnick neuropsychiatric hospital at ucla that would work the bed i got was in an eating disorder ward and then they were like we might they're like we might move you in with the general kids, but then they're like, but they're really shitty. So I think we're going to keep you in here uh, with the nice, with the nicer kids. I was like, <laughs> sure, okay, with the quiet little skeleton girls. <laughs> there was this one girl who was like eleven years old, and I was oh, she was God. the nice. Yeah, I know she was the nicest girl, and I like, I'm like, I hope she's not fucking dead. Like, I really like. It's just like. It was so, it was really eye opening. It was, and it was so traumatic. Like the whole, obviously my mom at least is now is like, you, you definitely have like some sort of PTSD from all of that. Not from just being depressed. And I was like, yeah, no No shit. shit. Yeah. (laughs) But, but, but wait, okay. But, but what I wanted to figure out is like in the hospital, the meds they were giving you 
for the psychotic depression, which what would I do want to ask you, what was the incident that actually made them put you in the, the hospital? Like what what was the psychosis? What um, happened? I, I started thinking that people were like running in front of my car in the road and I almost got in a really bad car accident. And that's kind of what, and I didn't, luckily I did not, but Uh that was the thing that made them go, what the fuck? And there was an incident. I, this is crazy. Man, I haven't talked about this forever, but I had a creative writing elective in high school. And I like told my creative writing teacher that like, when I was in my French class, I thought there was a fucking fire in the class. It just like didn't happen. She made me like, see, she's like, I have to tell your parents, like, that's how it works. Yeah. And then my mom took me to like this fancy psychiatrist who sucked shit. Yeah. Yeah. Fucking shout out David Fogelson, you fucking asshole. I'm coming for you. I'm just kidding. But I mean, but like, <laughs> but um, and then from, he was the one who was like, kids just get better in the hospital. He's this is what he kept saying. He's like, people, they just get better there. They just get better there. He kept saying that. And I was really depressed. And, it, it, you know, it just was, what it comes down to is, I don't know what the fucking deal was, except that everyone sucked and high school sucked. And like, yeah, yeah, just, yeah, 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 yeah. If you, if you string enough miserable days in a row and like lose all hope, like, you know, that's when that's when the gambling really begins. Like it can get it can get mega dark, mega fast. So then um, they put me in there. Yeah, but, the, but they, did the meds give you this disease? This disorder? Yes. And yeah, and, and I mean, okay, but see, that's what's fucking crazy to me. So they put you on all these meds that were turning you purple and making your hair fall out. It and didn't happen like, like that quick. Know, Okay. It, it it took like a so I went there, they let me out, and then like a month later I was at Disneyland and I was in line for the Indiana Jones ride, and we were about to get on the fucking Indiana Jones Jeep and I was like I was like I'm gonna vomit like the worst I've ever vomited ever and I'm not I'm not a motion sick person like I wasn't it wasn't Space Mountain that did this to me and so like a cast member took me to took me like behind the scenes of Indiana Jones to like the saddest bathroom and I puked my guts out and then that night my dad took me to Little Company Mary Hospital in Torrance and they thought I had hepatitis C and I was starting to turn like orange and then they just sent me home because they're like we don't know what the fuck's wrong with him come back for tests and I was getting my fever was getting insane so then my dad took me my dad took me to UCLA's emergency room and they admitted me immediately. They much better hospital. Okay. And okay. That was when I was purple and my skin was gone. Like, okay. Falling. So, yeah. so that was an yeah. acute episode. It wasn't like, cause I'm imagining you like slowly peeling and, and shriveling like a prune <laughs> and they're like, well, the meds are working. See how happy <laughs> he is. No, that's God. That's horrifying. No, no. It was like, see for, I seemed like there was, I was like, I'm seeing light in the tunnel. They were letting me out of UCLA, the the psychiatric side. And they're like, yeah, go to high school, go be a normal kid. And then I'm like, then I fucking almost died like weeks later. Yeah. (laughs) And, uh, And so then, so then, so then you came home from Oberlin, stabilized, found meds that quote unquote worked. Yeah, I get, I get. I mean, I guess, yeah. Not, I mean, really, it was like 
I did 19 sessions of shock therapy when I was 19 and that, that year, that that's really what they said. And they were like, it was the same. The guy was like, it's going to make you feel better. It was the same thing. He was like, it's going to make you feel so much better. Like, fucking, I couldn't read a book for like two years. I still have weird people are always like, you're so sharp. Your memory's great. And it like, it it is, but sometimes I like can't summon stuff the way I wish. And it's, oh I think it's cause it's cause of that. Yeah. I just, <laughs> I mean, that does seem like really barbaric, you know, it's like, if you keep like control alt deleting your MacBook and it, and it starts up for like a little bit and then, you know, shut, you know, then starts getting weird and then you control alt delete again. If you do that 19 times, like before the the seventh or eighth time, I feel like you're getting yourself a new computer, right? Or you're you're not gonna check, you're not gonna use that method anymore. Like it just seems so rough, like such a rough thing to keep doing to a brain. It really felt like like I was so mellower after. Like it, it felt like my personality like changed from that. Okay, so they oh, were really... just like knocking you into some sort of docile vegetative state i mean it's a real treatment that they said it's it's called it's not called electroshock therapy now it's called i know i know it got rebranded and yeah yeah. yeah. and they don't and at least like they don't they put you under now they don't do it what they don't do it like fucking iggy pop where they just like you're just awake (laughs) but um but uh yeah, I, I think, and I asked my mom, I was like, why the fuck did you let them do this? Like, why yeah. did you say yes to this? And she was like, I didn't know what, I thought you were going to die. Like, I didn't know yeah. what to do. And I was like, I, I, okay, I can, I can accept that. I would, if I was in her shoes, I would have been like, let's fucking find 10 other alternatives first. But so you were I, just, I would so what were you like when it, when, when you weren't, when you were bad in that year? Like, what was the depression like in that year? probably the worst it ever was like i just like i couldn't take care of myself i like had no energy i just yeah i don't know like it, it was really shitting yourself like that no, level not, not that far but pretty close i mean <laughs> not... <laughs> i've never shit myself out of depression and i've never pissed myself but i've come very close <laughs> so because you yeah yeah that one is, I mean, the pee-pee one is like, uh, it is so hard sometimes to go to the bathroom. That's the one, more than the shitting, it's the pissing. That Yeah, yeah. that's the one where I'm like, yeah, I really know that feeling. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was tough. I mean, and then I went to college, and for a while, I was so fucking happy. I, mm-hmm. I, well, at first, I went to that, I spent... A summer in New York where I subletted a part like a small apartment with three other people, which I thought would be crazy, but it was so fun. And it was the first time I was really on my own. And my job was like so low stakes. And they loved me at this like lit agency where they were it was so funny. Like they don't exist anymore because the man who was like the woman was defrauding the other guy there or something. I was reading mm-hmm. about it, but they had a really fancy Chelsea office that I spent like four days a weekend and read the worst shit ever imaginable. That sounds so good. It was really fun. Yeah. And I, I would just, love that job. 
yeah it was it so it was like i was like okay i was coming back to life yeah i wanted to not go to overland college and be like <laughs> and be like mom can i please just like reapply next year and try to go to the new school or NYU or something and she was like she's like i'm not gonna help you pay for school if you don't try going to overland college so i was like okay respect yeah, so yeah, I, yeah. Went, I went to ohio and my first year was really fun and then it <laughs> went really downhill there also not as much my fault this time i was really surrounded by some of the worst people i've ever met in my life <laughs> but um you know it is what it is my girlfriend i we met there so mm -hmm. i actually we, we dated for a year there we got back together two years ago i, I love her there, oh uh, wow yeah it's crazy that's crazy too that, okay. there's a whole so this is a relationship that has had like different phases. Yes, very much so. Yeah, and uh, I love her. Like we, she's she's struggling right now. Like she's she's a substitute teacher, and she really doesn't like it. And yeah. it sounds miserable, so I get it. But um, yeah, I love her. It's she was my favorite person there, and I'm glad we. She kind of we <laughs> blew up in a crazy like. We almost eloped and got married, and which was dumb for sure. And all these people, like really dramatically, in almost like a high school teenagery fashion, like our friends like intervened. Like they like they came and they're like, "We're gonna stop this from happening." Wow. And we kind of couldn't recover from that. We kind of were off and on after that. And this was in Ohio that you were gonna elope and get married. Yeah, we were gonna elope to uh, Lorraine, Ohio at the Lorraine County Courthouse. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like, I don't know, like, I, I mean, it, it doesn't sound like a, a stellar idea to me. Like, it, it doesn't, sound, it doesn't yeah. sound like a long-term, you know, opportunity, but I, like, it just seems weird to me because, like, do people still get married at all? Like, the fact that they you do. wanted to do it, it's so cute. Like, oh, you you know, it's there's something sort of sweet about wanting to do it at that age. Like, just being so into someone that you're like, fuck it, let's get married, you know? I think that, that impulse to, like, want to express love through the ceremony of marriage in a, like, tweaked out, like, dopamine rush, <laughs> young love sort of way... Like, that's kind of the purest expression. I feel like, you know, like, I think about, like, I don't know, like a, like a, like a woman who's been dating in her, in her late 20s, who finally meets someone that she can have kids with in her early 30s, and like, setting up that wedding and sort of knowing that you're like, ticking off all these boxes, like, that's not a wedding I want to go to. That's, you know, that's not a, that's a love that's like a love marriage, but in the more boring sense, the more traditional sense, like what you were going to do, you were going to, you were going to fuck it all up with marriage. You were going to punk rock it up with marriage. I think that's, I would have told you to do it because I wouldn't have had any stake in what happened afterwards. <laughs> there, I mean, that's what, there were people who were like, hell, they had this, literally the same reaction that you basically yeah. just had. Fuck. They're like, that's fucking beautiful. And it's good we didn't do it because we would have to refile the fucking FAFSA for federal aid. Like, if you get married, it would have 
fucked our financial aid. So it's good we didn't do it. But for the um, paperwork. <laughs> oh my god! For oh, not just the paperwork. Apparently, they would have taken away a bunch of money, which I was like, what? Oh. Why? The, yeah, but. Why? Why I, would they take away money? It's not like that's two what, young dumbasses can support each other. You're still said, both poor fuck ups, you know. Apparently, it fucks with government grants in a huge way. That's what people told me after, and I was like, Ugh. I should. Yeah. I guess I'll look into that more. But yeah, I know. I, I, I mean, yeah. <laughs> but so it didn't happen then. It might still happen in the future in maybe a similar fashion. But I don't slowing down now like i'm just yeah i'm just not as manic anymore and like you know high school was the depression years college was the manic years for me now i like to think i found some sort of equilibrium (laughs) but um yeah yeah i and but i i loved school like i actually loved my teachers and my class i i did it's actually like one thing that has been nice to hear on self-exposure is that I, I heard Kat say that they had a creative writing undergrad degree and, and Nate Duggan say that. And I thought I was such a fucking freak for having an undergrad creative. You have one too? Oh, fuck yeah. <laughs> I thought I was such a fucking weirdo and it was really hard for me. I, I double history creative writing. <laughs> I was really jobless after school. Like it was really rough for a while. And, um, but I, I loved, I like the novelist, Dan Sean. I don't know if you're familiar with him. He was my, he, his name, you probably, you might've seen his name. It's C-H-A-O-N. It's so it's spelled funky. He was my advisor and he was such an awesome guy. My girlfriend hates him, which is a whole nother thing, but (laughs) he, he was my advisor. He was like such a nice man and put up with so much shit for me. Like, cause I was such a mess. Um, and there was even more. When you were writing the, the meth story, didn't you tell me that you, or is it in the story? Like there's, there was like a creative writing teacher who was like encouraging you in this very like prurient way to keep going like that's the that's the fakest part of that story that that character was based on my other professor who was an angel her name is sylvia watanabe and she's a Mm -hmm. wonderful person and she did encourage me to like be like you like she wanted me to write about like transgressive stories and she Mm -hmm. wanted me to write about surfers and skaters and so but that was that where i'm taking again on the josh sherman like autobiographical fiction versus auto fiction most of that story is just almost memoir like just like almost true that part i needed a frame for it what it is really true that i brought the first version the way worse version of that story to a workshop when i was a sophomore in college and mm-hmm. i complete this this story was me basically being like i'm gonna rewrite that story from memory like actually not look at the old story at all and that's what i did and, I, and then i and it got me for the first time like the cool kids were like oh this is cool lately i've just been very like warped about how i perceive the world how so good Speak to that more. What, what do you mean by that? Well, 
it's like this thing of trying to reflect on yourself from outside of yourself, you know, which yeah. I feel like I spend a lot of time like trying to see if I've come correct or I've been correct in in interactions or in um yeah you know just like it, it just seems like very difficult for me to know what acceptable human behavior is sometimes and then when I feel like that's been crossed like a line has been crossed I I often still think like did I do something wrong in that situation it, but then but it's more than that it's also like I just feel like I've floated so far away from so many cultural touchstones it's like here you and I are talking right we're talking and you're in LA and I used to live in LA but I don't live in LA and haven't for a hundred years you know <laughs> and I live you know on a planet like far far away from you and I also live very isolated in this planet and feel like I have more in common with you in LA than I do with like 90 percent of the people in Berlin yeah. And so it's okay. this very it's just this very weird like you know a bubble of almost one. It's like you know like I feel like how do I get a sense of self? Like my sense of self comes from like these interactions interactions that I have with people in the store, interactions that I have, you know, with my kids inner and then like all the media I consume um and but but there's not really someone like I don't there's not really someone to like bounce myself off of that feels like an equal in my life like and so I think it like fucks with my ability to to know who I am in a way I, I, you know, it's not that I'm at, it's not that I'm looking for like a person period, but it, it's very flat right now. Like there aren't that many friends that I have here that I feel I can really be seen by. I mean, that I actually really do relate to that because my job is just crazy and weird and I'm like the, People are like, who the fuck is this tattooed man? Because I'm, it's honestly like, it is very square and corporate. And so I am constantly doing things wrong and constantly like breaking codes that I did not know exist that probably should not even exist. And my best friend lives here, but he's fucking, all, he works in corporate advertising. He's so fucking busy all the time. All my other best friends don't live here. So I kind of live a very like surprisingly monkish life with my girlfriend, which is in some ways amazing and some right. ways very hard. <laughs> right. Yeah. And yeah. since she's going through it right now, 
exactly. she can't yeah. be a support for you. Like you are only right now a support for her. And she's, yeah. she's wonderful and she is supportive, but yes. And that yeah. sometimes it, right now I'm like the rock, which is, I've never been in that situation in my life. <laughs> I'm like, what the fuck is this? Like, this is fucking weird. But I mean, I, I love her. Like it's not, I would, I'm not saying, I'm not complaining about it. Like, it was, no, I get it. I get yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it, so I actually, I, I'm in my own little island as well, in a way, like where I'm like, I'm working in this really weird field and like I interact with fucking fancy assholes a lot. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but I am living in this fucking dumpy bungalow <laughs> <and> <laughs> like zooming, like doing zooms with fucking fancy assholes from my shit old apartment and i'm constantly like <laughs> people are like like my boss who my bosses are great but they're they're the first like good bosses i have ever had in my life which is that's a nice thing to go. actually have yeah. actually like learn on a job is a nice feeling it's the first job i've ever had where i mean would i rather be fucking off and writing my little stories all day long definitely i don't know would you because i feel like if if you were in that position like it's sometimes it's really hard to 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 do creative work if there's nothing stopping you from doing creative work i completely i mean i find and i've found so much i've just been exposed to so many freaks and such weird stuff so i i mean i agree with you i i i I just, I guess I didn't, this is the first like big kid job I've ever had where it's, it's demanding and it's hard. And so mm-hmm. I guess I just, <laughs> that's a new thing for me, I guess, in a way. Shout but, out uh, to that entertainment lawyer. <laughs> yeah. I, that he, he's been for a lot. It's funny that like him and my mom have been like on again, off again, since I was like 11 years old. And I just didn't know that he would be the one that she'd actually like, they like, they own a house together now. And I'm like, mm-hmm. so, but you know, I, he's grown on me a lot. <laughs> he's yeah. he helped me. Hard. Like if I, <laughs> but um, yeah, you're right. I, I, I'm glad I have something to do that isn't my creative work. I would probably, you know, suffocate of my own asshole if I was just doing my own my own art all day. Yeah, but um, I don't know. But I just the island thing, the not relating to ninety percent. I really, even though it might see, even though it's different, like it just, I really get it. Like I just don't. I go to work and I'm like a weird little alien, but I'm really. They say I'm really smart, so they keep me around. I go home. I got chaos here a lot of the time yeah my fr- the only friends i really have here are either bigger freaks and hermits than me that i hardly see or people i knew from high school who are so normal that i'm just like yeah <laughs> yeah like pod person normal yeah 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 <laughs> no offense to that i mean a few of them actually are amazing but um a lot of them i'm just like hi How's it going? Yeah. No, I know. I know. It's not, the, I, it's not, it's not the, um, it's not like that. I, I think they're all terrible people or something, but it's like, you know, what am I going to do with like a, like a kind of upbeat 
social worker. Like, I don't know. What is that life? They don't, you know, I mean, like somebody who clocks in and clocks out. I mean, I guess a social worker isn't a good example of that. They probably take home a lot of that that desperation and shit but you know what i'm talking about like i do yeah who's just like like oh that is like such a cute sweater <laughs> you know and they're not even being a shit about it they're just telling you it's a cute sweater and then if you spend <laughs> hours talking to them you will end up talking about like like how sweet it was at their grandma's funeral when their aunt sang <laughs> And, you know, a puppy that they just got and like, you know. Vacationing in Lake Havasu. Like, yeah, that. exactly, exactly. <laughs> and, and then, and then like the whole time you're talking to people like that, like there's just some shit part of me, like some like mischievous asshole part of me that wants to be like, you know, sometimes I get so depressed, I almost piss in the bed. <laughs> See, that used to be, that was how I was, like, I'm honestly, some of these people, I'm, like, shocked they will even talk to me anymore, because yeah. <laughs> that is how I was. I used to, I used to give no fucks. Like, I used to just be, like, people were, like, afraid of me, not in, like, a school shooter way, but just in, like, a, yeah, 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 yeah. I used to not care and be full of rage and just, but, uh, so I'm amazed that... <laughs> Like, I really was that way, and then I don't know if it was the shock therapy or the years of recreational drugs or just, like, being screamed at in the entertainment industry for a couple of years now, yeah. but I just, I've just mellowed out, I guess. I'm just kind of like, okay, cool. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Cool. <laughs> oh, that, I wanted to tell you about this job that I had that sounds sort of like the job you had with the country guy. Yeah. When I lived in Boston, I was getting most of my jobs off Craigslist, which I, you know, the, it was a different time, but I still that's don't, how I I got don't the, recommend it. Yeah. That's how I got the transcription job. So I, okay, people are, there you go. we're still at yeah. it. We're still at it. Yeah. <laughs> so it was, it was this like, there was this old piece of shit, like Boston guy working class Boston guy who like made a killing and I don't know you know he just had a bunch of money and he was like in his 70s and he bought like some office space in downtown Boston and opened it as a gallery that showed his artwork oh, and whoa, had, okay. <laughs> had, his, had an assistant and then I was the assistant to the assistant. Oh man. Okay. I really that yes, this <laughs> and and the thing was is that he painted like a child. <laughs> he didn't mix the paint colors or anything like it just like we it right out of the container <laughs> and painted like hot girls. Hot. Oh, wow. oh my! Were they like George W. Bush's paintings? Like, what were they kind of? Oh, no, George W. Bush looks like you know, uh, <laughs> like I don't know. I can't even think of it. Like Rembrandt compared to this guy. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I mean, these were like these were. 
rude rude like he couldn't draw i mean he couldn't paint anything he couldn't paint hands he couldn't paint eyes like everything just looked like like a child's horny depiction of, of like a like usually it was like a girl with a ponytail playing playing tennis or something with like a big rack and like a you know <laughs> and then he would and then he was like like I guess it was my job to drum up like event support for him like get people to come to his gallery openings <laughs> and I was just like I was like he's you know he, he had a, yeah there was like a script that I had to read where I was like you know, <laughs> George is a really talented artist and he's devoted his last two years and this show is, you know, the pinnacle of his career and blah, blah, blah. And like, just like the idea of anybody ever buying one of these paintings. <laughs> of course, now I wish I had one. But... Yeah, I want one too. Yeah. <laughs> I, stole, no, it... I stole a lot of shit from my fancy boss too. So I... Good. Oh, what did you steal? Tell me, that's exciting. I have, I have, I stole an award he won. <laughs> like, yes. And I, I also stole like he had a, he had one brick in his, he had a brick in his uh, office that was like this brick was from James Dean's high school. <laughs> like it's in like North Dakota or South Dakota, and I stole it and gave it to my girlfriend for Valentine's Day and she was like this is the best gift ever she still has it on her desk and I I stole like way more I honestly like I I stole electronics I I stole he wrote all these really offensive books I got a whole little library of them I have he was in a bunch of movies I stole every DVD of movies he was in I stole um he was on Space Ghost Coast to Coast in the 90s, and he had a cell from Space Ghost Coast to Coast at high school. <laughs> That's yeah. I mean, one of the only things I miss about having a job is stealing from the job. I can't, like, it's, I'm, I run a store, so it's not like I, it doesn't have the same thrill to steal yeah. from myself. But. At least now, so now that I'm in a more legit job, I don't have to steal. They just fucking, everyone gives each other so many fucking gifts. My yeah. boss is like, here's all this shit that I don't need. And they just give me stuff. I'm like, whoa. <laughs> well, yeah, because it's like the spawn con entertainment culture. Like, <laughs> you like you can't like walk into a Benihana's without getting a gift bag full of like hand moisturizer. <laughs> it's great like i have like netflix slides and i have like i have the fucking dumbest and sometimes really nice stuff like a really nice blender and i was oh you're really gonna give this to me and she's like yeah i got three of them i don't need yeah so that's like there's an episode of the sopranos where christopher goes to hollywood and he's like they just give the celebrities all this free shit and i was like it it really is exactly like <laughs> yeah. So I'm like, don't have to steal anymore, which you know, I I just get that thrill out by shoplifting like shot glasses in Target, but you know. <laughs> <laughs>
Oh, man. Yeah. This is one thing when I go to L.A. Uh, with my kids and um, I the last time I went was or well, no, the last time I went, I didn't go to L.A. I went to to Portland, but my kids were like six and three or seven and five, something like that around that age. Maybe it was four and seven. And um, and we went to Target and I told them, like, you can open any box you want. You can play with awesome. all the toys. Like, don't worry about it. And if anybody, like, who's not an employee tells you that you're doing something wrong, just ignore them and speak German. Yes, that is so awesome. And they, I'm guessing they speak perfect English. Yeah, yeah they, they speak perfect yeah. I mean, at four... <laughs> I mean, they didn't speak perfect, perfect, but yeah. Sure, oh, yeah. <laughs> but but I don't know. I just like thought like this. This is this is a temple of doom. Like this that place is, awesome. is horrible. And all I could think was like, and how to fuck it up? Like how to fuck <laughs> with it? <laughs> That's so cool. Yeah, like, that is. <laughs> You're gonna those your kids. I mean, I don't know if anyone ever tells you this. Or if this is weird for me to say, but they're gonna be awesome when they're older. Oh, like they're... I mean, thank you. I don't know. <laughs> I think actually, like that story that I just told, like <laughs> you know, like <laughs> I I appreciate it. I think I mean it's, it too. it's probably like, just... like a narcissistic rage issue that I that comes out and that I I that they participate in but you know I feel like there like there are 20 people who are like oh my god I can't believe that she let her kids do that and then <laughs> the guy that turned purple and lost his hair <laughs> It's like your kids are gonna be awesome, and I'm not sure who to trust. Touche, <laughs> uh, touche. Whatever. Six of one, half a dozen of the other. They'll they'll need therapy, like all kids, and I'll fuck them <laughs> up, like everyone fucks their kids up, and hopefully I won't fuck them up extra bad. <laughs> Yeah, I'm just saying. I mean, I that it's just a hunch. I don't know. They'll they'll be Thank they'll be you. cool. I think. Thank you. <laughs> um. Uh, is I don't know. Is there anything else? Uh, is there anything else to talk about? I'm not trying to like cut the conversation, no, but no. I also gone on for a long time. I understand. <laughs> um, Did we talk? We talked about you as a writer. Oh, we. I never. I did read. I read. Um, your eyes today. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I yeah, got one just in case. Sorry, 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 <laughs> oh, sorry, yeah. sorry, sorry. Um, don't be sorry. I don't care. I, I saw. I didn't expect it to be as sparse as it was. <laughs> I was like, I. Yeah, usually not that way. But um, I put this together, and my friend was like, "You should send this out." Yeah. <laughs> it's like, oh, no, I'm okay. Not- I think it had like some very like elegant little couplets. <laughs> yeah, um, it's, I mean, like I'll write a fucking long story and it'll get rejected 25 times. And then maybe hopefully it will get accepted somewhere cool. And that for this, it got rejected twice and then accepted like the third. Like I was like, 
Okay. Yeah. Cool. But bottle, <laughs> I mean, bottle cap. So my eyes, bottle cap press. Bottle cap mm -hmm. press, I think, is kind of cool. Like I, I'm oh, curious yeah. about them. I think that they they publish like quirk, like quirky and and sort of like a quirky assortment. Like it feels like they're not like they're not tied to one genre or one scene of writing. Like it's sort of like some of them are more like nonfiction, uh, like straight up nonfiction. And some of them are like you, which are like, a t you know, 25 pages where there's like maximum 12 words. On a page. <laughs> yeah. yeah, no, it's, it's this guy, Craig, who I learned <laughs> No, not to scare I don't know if Craig is listening he lives like a 10 minute walk from my apartment which I just, okay. I didn't find out until like later but um oh, he, wow. he's got yeah I know I think it's so funny too but he lives on like oh I shouldn't say where he lives but he lives in Hollywood California he lives in Hollywood <laughs> California but um I he was he's been so nice uh I'm such a nightmare to deal with so he's been such a nice guy and yeah and he puts out there. I think he'll consider anything that is his chap length and his sister sometimes helps him and it's just like a two person outfit and they just kind of do it all themselves. And I, they put out some really like Alex Youngman's some bugs is a chap I loved. And that's why I kind of sent it to this place. Mm -hmm. Shy Watson's first chap book, I think was a bottle cool. cap one. So it's been, yeah, it's really nice to have something in print that I'm going to be in print a couple times in the, in the coming months, apparently. All right. So that's nice too. Yeah. But this is, this is the, I was, I was also during COVID I was in print in this animal blood magazine in New York hmm. and they, it's like a, a downtown scene adjacent that looks really nice and has some very legit people in it, but like they never fucking sent me a copy. Oh, and I'm like, come on! And then I had my stepmom buy a copy. She never fucking got it, and I'm almost like, Zach Smith is uh... in. I was in. And I'm, I'm like, would Zach Smith like fucking dox me if I'm like, can you please take a photo of my story and send I it? Mean, I'm... Okay, <laughs> like let's let's use whoever. If anybody's listening to this podcast who bought a copy of animal blood is that what it was called yes animal blood, animal magazine. blood volume what, I have, to, what? I have to look I, I gotta look it's the one that has zach smith in it i'm that let me let me see animal blood <laughs> this is great um okay it is issue uh, i see my name it is issue four okay <laughs> So, Bud Smith, if you're listening to this, yes. please. Bud, Bud or Zach, any of the Smiths, if you're listening to this, please send at least a photocopy of the issue to Z.H. Gill. I don't need the whole issue, just, just my own piece. A PDF is fine. He'll print it himself. <laughs> but yeah, so... Uh, it's nice to get stuff out there. It's nice to, I don't, it, like, you have kind of touched on this in the other pods where you're like, like, what are we doing? Are we searching for a community? Are we searching for, and it's, for the first time, at least, I, I still am like, I still feel very like, I'm doing my own thing. I've, you but are it's nice doing to, your own thing. You can be <laughs> yeah. doing your own thing and still want community. 
Yeah, it, it's nice to find like-minded people who are doing things yeah. that I think are really interesting and get to know some of them a bit. And I just, it's just nice to, that's starting to happen to me more than it did before. And awesome. even in college, it was like, people were like, I, it, that was another, Kat was saying how they were like the star of my program. And I, I wouldn't go that far. Like the, some people in the poetry track that I, I was on the fiction track, like one of them was a Stegner fellow and she, a very nice person. She's getting a fucking, her first poetry book is like out from Scribner. And I'm like, ah, but Ripley, I was, yeah, I know. I'm like, oh, fuck. Good for her. Uh, Madeline Cravens, very, very talented, very kind person. So that's, I, I don't know why also. I said Scribner but, that way. You know, I, I, don't, I have I mean, no idea what the reputation of it is. I just, is it, for, I don't know. Your first, for your first poetry book, I think that's got to be insane. Like she just are had a poem in the New Yorker. Of, are they part of the big five? They might be the one that's independent, actually, but oh. they're they're treated. Yeah, they're Simon and Schuster, so yeah, they are part of the Big okay. Five. And she just had a poem in the New Yorker that was really nice, and yeah, I, so she's doing really well for herself. And but I was, you know, what what Kat was saying, like I was the star. Like I don't know if I go that far, but I would. People were like, they're like, "Whoa, you're doing cool stuff!" And like, I was just like too mentally ill at the time to really. Yeah, understand that, and then to find community afterwards, and now it's slowly starting to happen again, and it just feels nice to talk to interesting people who are making interesting I, art. I think, I mean, yeah, I think that's great. Like, I, I feel like, you know, like I'm gonna come to LA in April. We're gonna try to do this reading together. It's gonna I, happen. It's gonna happen. I yeah, promise. <laughs> you're gonna meet my my type A sister who's gonna oh, come to yes. the reading and it'll, it'll just be nice like it'll be nice to have you like witness all like of course like witnessing each other like being connected to each other and, and then having like a frame of reference plus like I don't know like this is a weird thing to say but it's like I always just want to know like like how tall people are like what they smell <laughs> like like you know I just want to. I don't think that's I weird. That's get not up weird. In there. I want to get up close. I want to touch that beard. You know, like I don't want to be weird about it, but I do. Hey, yo! It happens all the time. You, you're you're welcome to. I'll I'll be I'll be well groomed. I promise. You know. Some yeah, days yeah. It's... Don't or don't be or don't be. <laughs> I guess that would be more uh, <laughs> true to myself. If yeah, I was be, not. Yeah. You be you. You be you. <laughs> I'm looking forward to it. I, I think yeah. it's going to be awesome. Yeah. I, and is right. Josh really going to come also? Is that, that's I what mean, he was saying. You know, like he's really afraid of flying in LA is really far from Toronto. <laughs> yeah. So I don't know. I don't know, but I, I, I would, it's a good lineup that we've got. So awesome. I, yeah, think, I mean, it's like, I think we can do it if we, I think we can convince him. I mean, it's, it's worth I, I have no idea why people like for me, like it's just exciting that anybody would come to do this at all. Like I need very little to throw a party over it, I guess is what I'm saying. Just Rick Royer's book is so awesome. And I'm oh, like, Rick, yeah, he, I'm I, like, Oh, and, and just the stuff Jeff does is so cool. And he's been, he's been really nice to me agreed. in the past. And I'm like, I'm just like, Oh, this is, 
it feels like something. I, I just, I'm, I'm really glad to be a little I part of it. We're, I yeah. think we're important writers. I think we're, <laughs> I think we're, we're elevated minds of our generation, if not the best. You know? <laughs> we're, I, we're, I, in, we're in the shit. We're doing something. When your book comes out, I'm going to fuck, I'm going to read it so quick and I'm going to make my mom fucking read it. Oh, I think be, will, I think it'll give her an idea of like what this stuff is more. Oh, that's <laughs> so, nice. so like, yeah, I think she'd like it a lot. So Oh, good. <laughs> All right. I told oh. Unity I'm going to make her read Unity's book too. <laughs> oh, that's cool. Yeah. Yeah. All right. I'll sign the yeah. book to your mom, you know, and I'll say good. I'll say um, to Zach's mom, P.S. Your son's half gay. <laughs> hey, that you know, if it has to come out in that way, there are worse ways. I would be. Half I would gay, support that. Half gay is such a weird way to put it. <laughs> I, I know. I just I like feel so compartmentalized. But I think it's, how... I think I get it. I think I get it. I think I get yeah. it. <laughs> I think I think it I think like yeah I think it like sounds I think it somehow sounds more true to the way it feels than bisexual maybe like I I hate the word bisexual which like is what I am but there's some about it that's so weird to me and it feels it's like duality and I'm like ah no I don't it's just not how so usually I say queer. Duality, or I say, oh, see, I think it doesn't sound like duality. I think it sounds, it sounds more like it makes me think of like Michelle Pfeiffer in the Catwoman costume, being like bisexual. <laughs> you know, it sounds like swingery, and like that's how it sounds to me. Whereas I feel like, and again, I, it's hard for me to speak about this because my sexuality is like. I don't know. It's like, yeah, it's it's very diminished at the moment. But um, but to me, it's it does maybe seem like there are like personalities in you, and some of them are like very gay, and some of them are not. You know, and so when you're expressing yeah. one of them, you are fully that thing, and when you're expressing the other one, you're fully. So you're like, when you're being gay, you're in your half gay personality. <laughs> It, it just to me it seems like something like that Chandler from Friends would say. It just seems oh, so. Totally. Totally. <laughs> like, I don't, all I don't of know. those friends, all of the wait, Matt LeBlanc. It, like, oh, you think they're you think they're fucking? You think they're? <laughs> I'm just saying, like, you can't, you can't have the charisma and sexual, like this, just this oozing the sexual, you know primordial slime of Matt LeBlanc and not be sexual in every direction. Like trees <laughs> wanna fuck him. Everyone wants to fuck him. And if you think that you won't fuck him, if you're listening to this and you think you wouldn't fuck him, like sit next to him on a plane and tell me what you think then. I never did, but I'm I'm pretty sure he would be irresistible. Irresistible. <laughs> I agree. I agree. <laughs> but uh, yeah, probably it was. This has been so cool. Seriously, Sabrina, yeah. Like I just no. Yeah, I, I don't. This is great. This is great. We'll do it again. We'll do it okay. again. All yeah, right. Seriously. <laughs>